Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Good morning, good morning. Here's the deal. If I don't start talking, and if we don't stop the music, you guys would just go on forever. That's how much you love each other, and I love that. I love that about you. We're going to go ahead and open up with prayer. I'm going to call the, our, um, what do you call yourself, ushers? It seems so formal for our church, doesn't it? Should, I'm going to call the dudes forward. So, the dudes. <laughs> okay, well, something. All the cool people. Um, yeah, because we're in a, we have this opportunity um, just to say thank you to God, to give a, a little bit of something back um, with the, from the blessings that he's given us. And so if you guys would just bow your heads and then we're going to go ahead and take an offering. Lord, I thank you. I know today that there are so many people here that came in with baggage. They came in with shame. They came in, you know, possibly with, maybe they just committed a fresh sin. Um, whatever it is, God, we're just declaring that those things will be washed away today. God, Jesus, you died on the cross for those things that we're holding on to, that we're trying to hold on to right now. So I just declare them released. God, in return, we give back to you. We give back to you a portion of the blessings that you've given to us. So accept what we're about to give you right now and use it to build your kingdom and make it crazy hot on fire. We want to see more people on fire for you because of this offering that we're giving right now. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I, um, I'm here. There's always a reason why I'm here. I'm Tracy, by the way. Um, I think that most of you know me. I, uh, my, of course, my most famous claim to fame is I am Ryan Pastor's, uh, Pastor Ryan, that's who he is, Ryan Pastor, or formal. Um, anyway, that is my son-in-law. I claim him. Um, I, I not only claim him, but we're born in the same birth month. Um, he just had his birthday. He always gets the week off of his birthday because evidently we celebrate Ryan not just one day, but all week. <laughs> oh, and by the way, next month is like Pastor Appreciation Month, so we can celebrate him then too. Um, I know, I know. Um, but we're giving him the day off, uh, day off today, and I. I do have to say it's almost like getting Ryan's twin. If you're part of our family, it's a little bit of a joke that we have that Ryan and I tend to think a lot alike. Slightly scary. Um, but uh, last week when Ryan stood up to teach, I was like, dang, because the first thing out of his mouth was surrender. And I'm like, hmm, I'm pretty much sure that that's the, the title that I was going to be using next week and you know you're not going to mess with me we're just going to make this part of a two-part sermon so anyway he didn't know it he didn't know it but you know 
Um, we're going to have to make that work out because we're just like twins, separated by many years and lots of different moms. Um, anyway, God love them. I love you. I bet you're sleeping in today. Um, but I love you so much, and you know that you're my baby boy, and you know, you know how much I love you. I'm going to call my message, God is chasing you. It's totally different than surrender, so it doesn't even sound the same at all. Um, but I was just thinking of Ryan. I mean, God chased him. God chased him. He kind of didn't want to be caught at first. <laughs> He didn't want to be caught at first, but he was caught. And when he was caught, and he explained a little bit of that last week, I mean, he was hooked, right? When he fell for Jesus, he fell for Jesus. Yeah. When he got faith, that was it. So this message today is for all of you that think that you need to do more to be right with God. God is chasing you. For the past few weeks, my daughter and her two sons have been living with us. It's been a great joy. Any of you who have children, grandchildren, you know. You know what you'd be living for, right? You'd be living for them babies and those adults and the joy that they bring you. So to have them come, my, my daughter and her two sons, come and stay with me for a few weeks was a lot of fun. Um, my grandson Harrison would come home. He's a junior in high school, and he would come home, and we would sit on the couch, and we would laugh. He would tell me stories about his day, or when we were all together, um, he would get a piano out, and we'd try to write songs. Um, I was always singing the loudest and making up the most words. I think I'm pretty excellent at it but you'll have to ask the rest of the family. But we were having a lot of fun, Harrison and I. And then my daughter, Andrea, she would come home and um, she would tell me stories of her adventures for the day. And we would laugh. We would laugh until we cried. And that was a great joy. But the greatest joy, I always want to cry when I mention him, um, but the greatest joy is getting to spend time with my, grand, with my grandson, Lincoln. I just love him so much. And he is autistic. He is nonverbal. So it breaks your heart because you don't know. When someone is nonverbal, it's very difficult to know what they're feeling. And what you just want to know is, are they sad? Are they happy? You want to celebrate in the joy with them. You want to comfort them if they are feeling sad. And it's really difficult to know what he's feeling, what emotion he is feeling. What I do know is that when he would get home from school, the first thing that he would do is take off his swim trunks, and sometimes he's not really all that good at taking them off in a private place. And we'd be like, you're 14 years old now. Let's hide over here. Anyway, but he would slip on his uh, swim trunks, and he would slide. It's not, a, it's not a jumper, but he would slide into that pool that I have in my backyard. And he loves to be in the pool. And you can see the joy that he has being in the pool. One of the uh, most exciting times I 
saw him in the pool recently was when he did excessive splashing of his Aunt Allison. I think she may have started it. Um, but he just couldn't stop laughing and he just wanted to splash her. I think he would have gone on for hours um, if somebody hadn't put a stop to it. Probably me, I'm the fun police. Um, but it, just a joy to see him having so much fun in that pool. You see, when somebody, like I said, is nonverbal, you don't know what they're feeling. So you have to watch closely their actions and their interactions with other people. So that's why it gave me the greatest joy when recently a new friend of my daughter's came into the house. We never know how somebody is going to react to, or how Lincoln is going to react to a new person. So I say he's nonverbal, but there are a couple noises that he makes or sounds that he makes, which are words. One of them is ba. That means bye. So bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. You know what that means? Get out of here. Get out of here. So there are times when, when somebody will come into the house that he's, I really believe that he has the gift of discernment. <laughs> and a new person comes into the house, and he's like, a bye-bye, a bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah, you're out of here. Sometimes he has been known when, when my daughter would be like, you know what, they're going to stay for a while, and then he would go and grab a timer and time. <laughs> and it was when that timer goes off, bye-bye, okay. So that's how he is. He's not, he's not always excited to see a new person. Well, as I said, it gave me great joy when Annie, my daughter's friend, walked in the door. Lincoln immediately went up to her and started to laugh. A genuine laugh. Joyful, beautiful, deep laugh. She tried to tickle him, and he ran. And he ran around the island, and she ran after him, and then he dotted, and you know, and they were going after each other, and the whole time he was laughing and laughing and laughing. Yeah. Running away from her, running away from her, running away from her, until suddenly he stopped and he came up to her and let her tickle him with with just this giant grin on his face, the joy, the joy that he had in allowing himself to be caught. He wanted to be caught by her. He wanted to be caught. That picture, that look on his face is something that I will never forget. I'm gonna ask for tissues, because you know how I be. Okay, oh, hold on. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate it. Once I get a little tear in my eye, I need a tissue. So here I am. My big plan was to talk about the book of Galatians, and, and I read it in the New International Version. I reread it in the message, and I studied it in the Halley's Bible Handbook. And then I turned to my husband at about 9 p.m. last night and I said, do you think that someone else could have written 
all of those books that Paul wrote, like, you know, what do you think? Do you think that, that there could have been somebody else that would have done it if he, had, if he had not done it? Would there have been someone else? And Ted, being tricked into answering wrong, um, said, shrugged his shoulders and like, yeah. So, there's no way, there's no way that any other person could have done what Paul did. And I can recall um, when we were, you remember when we were traveling up north and we had like four hour drive to northern Ohio and we were killing time and I had a Bible in the car and I said, well, I'll just read to you. And I thought, I'll just start with a short book. I'm just going to read a short book of the Bible. I'm going to read it out loud. And, you know, my plan was just to read it, and that's going to be it. But I started reading Galatians, and I turned to him, and I said, seriously? Have other people read this book? Wait a minute. I mean, I mean, really read it. Have they read the whole thing? Do they know what's in here? Do they know what's in the book of Galatians? This is crazy. And then I'd read a little bit more, and I'd say, seriously, are they reading this? This is important stuff. So we are today going to talk about and study a bit the book of Galatians. But let's talk about Paul first. Yeah, good old Paul, who used to be named Saul. He even, he persecuted the Christians. I am sure that most of you know this, but there might be a few of you here or a few of you who are um, watching at home that don't know the story, and I'm not going to tell it completely, but I'm going to give you a picture of who Paul was. Yeah. Just picture this. Just, just get into your brain what Paul was like at this point. And this is from the book of Acts, chapter 7. And it's regarding the stoning of Stephen. When the, when the members of the Sanhedrin, which Saul was a part of, and this is a Jewish, um, Jewish community of, of priests who are like a council, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him, talking about... Uh, talking about Stephen. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, the Sanhedrin covered their ears. And yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of the young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees. He cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said that, he fell asleep. He died. And Saul approved of their killing him. It goes on to say in chapter 8. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him 
But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. That's a bit of Saul's backstory. Now, God chased after Paul, after Saul, even when, even when he was persecuting the church. If God would chase after Saul, the persecutor of the church, how much more do you think that he's chasing after you who are sitting in these seats and you want him, you hunger for him? Now, I'm sure that there are areas in your life where you're still running from God a little bit, right? God is chasing after you. Once Saul allowed God to catch him, he was transformed by a personal encounter with Jesus and became Paul, the author of the majority of the New Testament, really, right? Last week, Ryan talked about being sent. If Paul had not allowed himself to be caught, right? Jesus was chasing after him. If he had not allowed himself to be caught, where would the church be today? So Paul became uniquely qualified to bring you this message today because really it is a message from Paul from the book of Galatians. When he wrote the Galatians out of frustration, he was so upset. You see, he had personally been with them and he had taught them one single message, one single thing that they needed to put above all else. You are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, Paul was with them. He taught them this. Then he went away to teach some other people and then he heard news that these same people were saying, nope, nope, it's not by faith. You know what? You guys, you got to be circumcised, right? You got to be circumcised because, because that's, that's a rule. That's a thing that you got to do. That's a law. It's a law that you have to follow. So this whole book of Galatians is about the difference between the law, those that are living by law, and those that are living by faith. So, I know that when I was growing up, I was taught that in order to be saved, in order to be a good Christian, I don't know that we really ever used the word saved when I was growing up. I needed to pray certain prayers. I needed to follow certain rituals or I would not be acceptable to God. If any of you ever felt like that, it's okay if you raise your hand, it's me, yeah. Yeah, that you just, you just had to do more. You had to do more to get right with God. Miraculously, God chased after me and I stopped long enough to be caught. And I heard for the first time in my life, never heard this before, that God loved me in spite of my sins. That he loved me in spite of the fact that I did not kneel right. He loved me in spite of the fact that I didn't say the right prayers. You know, if God could love Paul, could he love me? 
Don't I need to do certain works? Don't I need to follow certain laws? Don't I need to be sinless? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's a reason that Paul uses the word grace 100 times in his letters. There are few, maybe not any, that needed grace more than Paul needed grace. Right? So, I am going to, I told you about our, our, our ride up to northern Ohio. And I, I just, like I said, I, I fell in love with the book of Galatians. Also fell in love with the sass of Paul. So, I'm going to read to you from Galatians chapter 3 and see what Paul has to say to these sweet Galatians. By the way, he does say at the beginning of the letter, he says, Beloved Beloved brothers and sisters, he starts it off really nice. But in chapter 3, and he, you know, sometimes you got to say things in love. You foolish Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? To which I turned to my husband at that point and I said, Seriously? Have people ever read this before? I'm just interested. Have they read this? Because I had just been told by a family member that I will put it in a nice way that I was not going to go to heaven. <laughs> I was going to the other place. Um, I was not able to get into heaven by basically coming to this church. I know, that's interesting. So, so for me, you can see my eyes like, I'm like, what? What the heck? Yeah. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning a means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? I can remember when this uh, particular person said to me, told me that, um, that, and this is the way that they felt, and you know what? They were telling me that out of love. They weren't being mean. They were concerned for my soul, okay? Um, and, and I understand that. But I said to this person, I said, so do you believe that I have the Holy Spirit? And she thought about it for a while. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, there's only one Holy Spirit. There's, only, there's not a Holy Spirit for this church and a Holy Spirit for that church. There's one Holy Spirit, right? Man. Yeah. Have you experienced, I'm going to go on, have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you had heard? So also Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteous. Yeah. Again, as I'm reading this to my husband, and there's so much more richness and 
I really recommend reading this and maybe reading it with a friend out loud and just totally grasping the book of Galatians. But in chapter 3, it goes on. It says, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law. Have you ever felt like you were held down by something? And maybe it's shame. Maybe it's things that you've done in the past. Maybe it is past religious experiences. Were you held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was come would be revealed? So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the law. We are no longer under the law. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, not the law. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. I think so many people think of God because of the law. So many think of God as the mean school teacher who is waiting to slap their wrist with a ruler um, when they do something wrong. Or maybe it's they think of him as the police officer who's ready to haul him off to jail or give him a ticket. When we do this, when we think of God in that manner, we are focusing on the things that we've done wrong. But the truth is that Jesus died on the cross so that our focus would no longer <laughs> be on that. We're focusing on doing right. So God is chasing after us. So what is your response? Are you going to be like Saul? who chose to be caught, and who became Paul, and who changed the history of the world. What do you choose? Are you choosing to be caught? Picture the father of the prodigal son. So we always look a lot at the son, right? And he's off, and he's doing his own thing, and there's the, there's the father, who probably has been waiting at the window or on his doorstep for his son for years. There's never a scenario where the father sits still. The father has been waiting. As soon as he sees his son return and sees that he wants to return, he can't get to his child fast enough. He's running. You know, are you running toward him? Are you running toward the Father? Don't allow the lies of the world to stop you from being caught. The enemy would like for you to believe. 
that you are not doing the right things, it's a lie. That you're not saying the right things, doesn't matter. But God says if you have faith, that that is enough. Nothing more, nothing less. This was so important in the ministry of Paul that he yelled, yelled it. Hey, listen, if you have faith, that is enough. Nothing more. You don't need to add anything more. Nothing less. So I just, I just want to pray for you guys today because I believe that there are people either listening or people in here today that have not yet been caught. And it's okay because you've got to start somewhere. If you have not yet been caught, you know, there are some of us that need to be caught every single day. So I'm just going to pray for all of us and the people who are listening and watching this message. So come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that for all of us listening and watching this message who are feeling like we need to do more to have a relationship with you, that we need to know more, that we need to do more. Yeah, I pray that now that you would supernaturally let us know that all we need is faith. And faith is having complete confidence in you. That's what faith is. That we would have complete confidence in you. That we would have confidence that when we lose a job, that you are there for us, that we would, would have confidence that you're going to bring the next meal to us, that you're going to keep the roof over our heads, but mostly that we would have confidence that we are loved in spite, in spite of what we've ever done or what we will ever do, that Jesus has covered all of that that Jesus has covered all of our weaknesses and our shortcomings. We choose today to stop running and to let our faith be enough. We choose to be caught by you. So I declare this in Jesus' name, knowing that you can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ask or imagine. I'm imagining God, that you are going to change lives, that you are going to transform people who have been holding on to stuff for decades, that today they would surrender. That's getting back to Ryan's message last week, that they would surrender, that they would be caught and be willing to be caught by you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Thanks for coming. Have a great week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.